Satan He'll deal you an awful hand Don't play cards with Satan He'll deal you an awful hand Did I ever stop and tell you I am a desperate man I thought I saw a bluebird CITR 101.9 FM. This is the Ink Stud Show. 
the radio show about Satan. Um, that was uh, Mr. Daniel Johnson, a lover of comics himself. Uh, if you've seen his art, he loves to draw Captain America and sing songs about Casper, because Casper is the friendliest ghost. My guests this week, I've got a bit of a double shot going. My first guest of the uh, of the hour and a half that will be yakking is Noah Van Skyver. I got you there, Noah. Yep, I'm here. There we go. Okay, I'm like, oh no. I was like, I was like really hoping that you're going to pronounce it right. Did I get Please it? Please right? don't mess up. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a screw up. What can we say? That's no. You so, did it. You should be proud of yourself. My, my family reminds me every day of all my screw ups. Oh man, me too. <laughs> Damn you, family. Yeah. Um, Dad, leave me alone. Um. So I've got Noah here, and then uh, once I'm done with him, or he's done with me, depends who hangs up first. I'll be uh, yakking with uh, Todd Bach, T. Edward Bach, and uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, I'm very happy that Noah came on the show. Uh, very short notice, I emailed him about two days ago saying, Dude, I need you to come on this week. And he said, um, Okay. So, how are you doing, Noah? I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure it was more passionate, yes, than, than I yeah. made out. Um, I guess we'll start out with y- who are you? Why should we care? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, tell me about, uh, I guess your your main thing is that you publish is Blamo. Um, what, yeah, four issues yeah. so far? Yeah, four issues so far. And like, I was going to do the fifth issue as like a, you know, like it's like Abe Lincoln thing. You know, this whole, cause I'm doing this whole Abe Lincoln biography story right now. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of turned into its own thing. So now it's just instead of Blamo, I'm going to be doing this, uh, this story called The Hypo. The Hypo. Yeah, The Hypo. Is that's it's like one of Abe Lincoln's terms for his depression. That's where the name came from. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, it's like a. It's not really like a presidential story, though. You know, I'm not doing anything like past 1842. So it's just like a young adulthood story of Abe Lincoln. What attracts you, you know? to uh, Abe? <laughs> well, it started because I, I had read this story, this short story on I don't remember where I think it was some website about him. Uh, having a saber duel and uh, with James Shields, and I was like, "Oh man, that's crazy! I should turn that into a comic story," you know. And then, so I started doing research on him, and I, I got like I was really attracted to him because he was like a, he's just like you know he was like a really interesting guy, but he had all these emotional problems, you know. And um, I can relate to that because I'm the same way. Well, what, so, enlighten me. I'm a Canadian. Yeah. What were what were some of the demons he was dealing with? Oh, he just, uh, I think he had manic depression, so, and he had this, like, thing where he was, you know, because it's going to be a love story about him and uh, Mary Todd, and Mary had all these, like, political connections and stuff, and and she was from, like, a really proper family, and he was, like, this this poor, you know, like, just total, like, I don't know, I mean, we probably think of him as, like, white trash, like, nowadays, you know, he was, like, nothing, and, uh, and so he was just trying to get into politics, and so I think he was kind of trying to benefit from the relationship between her but like it was like really rocky you know because they'd they'd uh he'd like break up with her and stuff and then get really depressed and write all these like really depressing letters and then uh yeah i don't know he's just really messed up you know and she was you'll one- see i'll send it to you when i'm done she's the one he eventually married yeah, yeah i heard stories that like one of the reasons like whoever went with them to the 
was it Ford Theater? It was because no one could stand her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think she was pretty hard to deal with. So, um, tell me about your background in comics, your early days of loving comics or hating them. Um, they seem they seem like well, a I, demon for you. Like you just, they're very compulsive and something you have to do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just something like when I grew up. I grew up in a really large Mormon family, and uh, my dad. You know, we were like really strict, but for some reason he was like really into comics. You know, so we had a big box of comics that he would read like every year. He'd go through and reread them, and it, like all the all my brothers were like that too. They were all like really into comics and stuff, and uh. Uh, me, I was like the second to youngest, and I kind of wanted to fit in with those guys. So I started reading comics too. But like, you know, they would all read like Power Pack and like <laughs> Spider Man and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But but like my brother Micah, one of my older brothers, like he had, like had some Ralph Snart comics for some reason, and I, I started like reading them. I had this like really vivid memory of me like underneath my bed in my home in New Jersey, like reading Ralph Snart. You know. And, like, so I was just, like, really attracted to that, like, really strange, cartoony style, you know, like, mm-hmm. kind of grotesque, when all my other brothers were, like, really into the superheroes and that. So I just started drawing them in, like, notebooks and everything, you know, and I kept it up. But then when I was, like, uh, probably, like, 18, I, like, you know, discovered, like, painters, and I like, fell in love with, like, Picasso and everything. And so I, I like, uh, you know, put comics on the back burner. I started, like, trying to paint and stuff, and, like, you know, I, I took these paintings that I'd done to this library that was next to my house, and they, I was like, oh, can you guys hang these up here in your wall, you know? They had, like, this, like, whatever, like, uh, nine feet of wall space where they put, like, local artists' work, and they, like, looked at my paintings and were like, oh, I don't think so, you know? That was, like, really bad. So, like, <laughs> I couldn't even get my paintings hung up in a library. That's so a then I was library. at home, and then uh, my brother Ethan called me, and I was, like, really depressed, you know, and he was like, talking to me about his career. I think he had just won Artist of the Year in Wizard Magazine. Mm-hmm. And so he was, like, really excited and stuff, and he was telling me, like, well, you know, you, you know, you used to do comics all the time. You could get back into that and everything. And um, I think he, it, it's like the phone call came at, like, just the right time, you know? And so I, I did. I just started doing them again. I, I had this uh, American Splendor book, the anthology that came out after the movie. Mm-hmm. And there was a Crumb story in there. I think it was the Young Crumb story. And, like, I fell in love with that, you know. And I just, that pretty much, like, lit the fire. And I started doing it since then. I don't know. So the alternative stuff was stuff you got more into later. Yeah, I, later I was just on. more attracted to it. It's like a freedom thing, I think, you know. I mean, I can do whatever I want. And it's like, a, a copy of a comic book that I did is, like, it's mine. You know, it's like, every I did every single thing in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's something, there's like something that's like really attractive about that compared to like, you know, just illustrating somebody else's writing, you know, I don't know. It's your work. (laughs) No, it's, it's, and no one else can take away from it. And that's really interesting that, because your brother's very, the complete opposite where it's hyper stylized. Yeah. And uh, we won't get into that because we don't need sibling rivalry on the, on the radio, but interesting to see, uh, the differences, instead of being similar, like uh, the Kuberts or these uh, Brazilian br- brothers, whatever their names were, I forget, and I couldn't really get into their stuff. Um, so your latest thing is in the uh, the new Mome, and uh, yeah. tell, me, tell me about the Denver uh, Spider-Man. 
tell you about him? Yeah, tell me about the Denver Spider. Oh, okay. Or well, why, like, why was uh, that? A... My friend owns a bookstore, and every once in a while he'll let me, you know, work there for like extra money and stuff. And I was there working, and I was looking at their Denver history section, and they had this book called The Seamy Side of Denver. And it was just about how when Denver was first built, it was like this, like, really, like that, you know, like a uh, really crazy Wild West town. You know, like a lot of, like, uh, like shoot 'em up kind of stuff. Old, I don't know. So they had like all sorts of brothels and everything. I was reading about that, and then there's a story later on in the book about this guy um, who they called the Denver Spider Man, who had murdered this guy and lived in his crawl space, and nobody knew about it. And I was like, "Oh, the heck!" You know. So I, I did a lot of research on that because it's just like such a gross kind of creepy story. And I was looking for something like that to illustrate for the new issue of Blamo that I was working on. And after I did more research, I kind of like. It's another kind of thing where like you identify with it. I think that's I think that's one of the things that really pushes me over the edge of wanting to illustrate something is it like if I can identify with it in some aspects, you know. And he it's not you know, I wouldn't like kill anybody or anything, but he was just somebody who was picked on all his life. Yeah. And like just wanted a small space that was like his, you know. And he was like so small and stuff too, and he like found this space that like literally only he could live in. So it was like his. And I you know, I could I could uh, kind of relate to that because I'm the same way. I don't even leave my bedroom anymore, you know. I don't know. So then I just I illustrated it, and then everybody I showed it to liked it, and then, I don't know. It just got picked up. Thank well, God. Mazel tov. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, a big theme of your work is, I guess, being broke-ass. And how has that put you as far as your own artisticness? Or is that even a really good question? Wait, what was the question? I'm sorry. Uh, how, being broke. What's being it, broke? How, how does that push you in your artwork? Oh, uh, man. It's just, it's more knowing that, uh, you know, I, I work at this, like, really crappy bakery, and that every job I get is going to be the same as that. And if I don't do something about it, that's going to be my life. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what drives me. That's why I send out so many letters and stuff, because, like, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to work two weeks for a $300 paycheck the rest of my life, you know? I'd like to accomplish something, so that's... that's I mean, being broke, is that's just part of it. I don't know. It's the cartoonist uh, creed, almost. What's that? It's almost like a cartoonist creed. Ah, oh, man, I don't know what it... I, yeah, I really chose the wrong thing to get into. <laughs> I should have been a paleontologist or something, you know, like my dad wanted me to be. I don't know. <laughs> Too late now. You can be a scientist of comics. Yeah, that's true. There we go. Like Chris Ware, that guy, I mean, I, mean, I just started getting into his comics. And that guy, he's like way more than a comic artist, you know. It'd be cool to be like that. It takes many, many, many years and devoted nonstop reading, I think. That man's yeah. like a, you know, it's he's like a dictionary of comic knowledge, too, because he knows so oh, much. Oh, man. Yeah, like, did you see, he has like all these videos on YouTube. I was watching this like French documentary on him that was amazing. I haven't seen it. I can't. Yeah, do well, that. you're slacking, buddy. You know, I can be honest. I am. Yeah. I am. I'm <laughs> failing. You know, it's uh, <laughs> what what can I do? There's only so many comics to read and so much time. Yeah. But I love reading the comics. Now, yeah. T- did you ever actually have scurvy? Because it keep I see it keeping mentioned in your uh, comic. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't I've never, never had scurvy. That's a joke. <laughs> 
I was all it's like, a funny thing to have, though, you know? I read something in Vice about someone getting scurvy from like, eating craft dinner every day forever. And they didn't know what was wrong with them, and like they went, he went to the hospital, and they couldn't figure it out. And turns out, it was scurvy. Oh man, were they yellow? Did they turn yellow? I can't remember. It's been a while. I don't know. Probably, probably discolored. Maybe the color of the craft dinner. Yeah, yeah. I just think that's like a really awful thing to have. You know, it's just like. But it's kind of funny too. Just like you know, I thought pirates only got that. You know. Well, it's like one of those things where you get where it's obviously like take no care of yourself and yeah. it's just like yeah not 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 a good thing to happen yeah now tell me i'm what... gonna eat craft all the time now you're gonna see what it's like to get scurvy yeah let's do it man we'll do it together all right i'll eat nothing but craft dinner for a month and uh maybe i'll film <laughs> it all uh 30 days style yeah <laughs> super cheese me um yeah. good <laughs> In, uh, I think it's at Blamo too, you got the little uh, interviews and stuff. Is that something you just made up or something you yeah, tried to Yeah, it was, um, I really just wanted to talk to Joe Matt. And so I, I sent him some questions, like I was going to do an interview for my comic book, and he, he actually answered them, so I had to put them in there. But the good thing is, though, is that after I did that, that's when I sent that issue to Michael Dean at the Comics Journal. Then that's how I started doing the comic interviews in the Comics Journal, it's from that. I didn't even know you, see, look at me. I'm not even researching properly. So you do comic interviews in the Comics Journal. Yeah, what have every been issue of the Comics Journal has a three-page comic interview <laughs> by me, the different comic artist. And this time, the newest issue has Peter Bag. Awesome. Tell, great. tell me about some of the people you've been talking to and some interesting things you've gotten as far as replies and stuff. Uh, I just, I'm just finished drawing one with Kaz Strebeck. Or Strebeck? 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 Yep. Um, and he talked about how uh, when he was a kid, you know, Mad Magazine was like a porno mag to him. <laughs> and that he used to do all sorts of things to that magazine. Oh, Kaz. Yeah. That's terrible. He said, said Dave Berg. You really like Dave Berg's art. Oh, more, no. More Drucker. No, 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 Kaz. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's terrible. I, I did one with Frank Stack. I was pretty... Pretty excited about that. I really like Frank Stack a lot. He's great. Don, did you do something in one of the mine shafts? I couldn't remember. Yeah, I did. Um, they published the strip that I did about being like a desperate cartoonist, and then uh, I think they—I don't know. I'm, I'm going to send them more stories, but I haven't done it yet. I've been too busy. But yeah, yeah, the mine shaft guys are cool. I got to say, it's one of my favorite little uh, minis or zines to get in the mail. It's, uh, it's one of the best things going on right now. Yeah, it's those, like those guys—they're hip cats, man. It's a plus that, that guy who runs it used to live on the same street as I do right now in Denver. Oh, really? Yeah. So we talk about old, you know, what Denver probably looked like to him compared to what it looks like to me now with all its, you know, luxury lofts that are popping up everywhere. Oh yay, gentrification! How we love it. I know it's so great. Yeah, well, uh, we 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 have it everywhere in Vancouver, so yeah. I understand any kind of disgust you may be feeling. My neighborhood is facing the worst of it. You hear that, Vancouver? I'm sick of it. <laughs> Filled with spite and anger. Um, now, Bob Dylan, you have a soft spot for Bob. Yeah, I love Bob Dylan. He saved me because when I was a teenage kid, it was like. I was, you know, just a skateboarder, and everybody that I knew listened to, like, Limp Biscuit and that kind of stuff. You know, and that's cool, you know, whatever. But then I heard uh, 
Bob Dylan, I, I'd borrowed this album from my mom, and he like really like opened me up. I didn't even realize that, you know, he just he like just opened up my musical. Um, I don't know what, what the right word is for it. <laughs> like after, like he was like the, uh, you know, how they say like if you smoke pot, it's like a gateway drug or something. Mm-hmm. It's like that's what Bob Dylan was for me. Because once I started listening to Bob Dylan, I got into like everything else. You know, he opened up my mind. And so, like, now I can listen to all sorts of, you know, there's, like, music you wouldn't even know about. It's like, once you start talking to somebody about Bob Dylan, they're like, oh, yeah, you might like this, too, you know? I don't know. I mean, do you like Bob Dylan? I appreciate the early stuff. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, you don't, <laughs> not, you don't not, like the new zombie Dylan? Oh, he's a zombie now? <laughs> yeah, he's, that guy, he did not age well. No. No. <laughs> I don't know, it's, um, I just, Dylan... Never, I appreciate it, like yeah. stuff like um, Highway 61 and that kind of era, but it just didn't grab me the way it does a lot of other people like yourself or my my dad, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I like early stuff, too. I mean, my favorite of his stuff is always the earlier stuff, you know, when he was, like, just a young kid trying to make it in New York or something. But, like, but I think it's really funny to listen to that 80s stuff, too. Just you know, this, everything he did that was, like, really terrible, it's like you listen to it kind of to make everybody else mad, you know? Like, to irritate your roommate, you listen to it. It's That's just why this, I listen to, you know, the newer Dylan. Just to see what happens for someone. Yeah, what, what's it takes to really break someone down. Too, you know? It's like a, it's a, it's like a passive-aggressive thing, you know? It's like he plays his video games really loud, and I, I'll turn up, uh, I don't know, Infidels or something up really loud. Love and Theft. <laughs> Was that, didn't he have one called Under the Red Sky? I think so. That's like the worst one. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away. Stay away from it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a bit of a, yeah. I'm, I'm a bit funny when it comes to music. Most people yeah. find my taste to be very odd and uh, a little too annoying. So. Yeah. I, I just, I love German stuff from the 70s. German. Oh, I was just about to say that, man. I was just about to say, what do you like? A bunch of German stuff? Yeah. Oh, you ha- yeah. I can't believe you. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> like Kraftwerk and Neu and Faust. Yeah. Can, or Khan, I should say. Whatever. It's all good stuff. Now, are you still Mormon? Because you, you did bring it up, the, the fact growing up. Uh, no, I'm not. My family got divorced, and they kind of broke apart, and I was a part of the family i was like okay so the family kind of split in two you know one half was mormon and the other half fell away from that and i was part of the part that fell apart and i fell away from it i don't know it's it's just a it's a long story i should do a comic about that there we go well it's interesting because um there are some mormons in comics but they're usually pretty quiet about it yeah like we all know about mike elrod i mean he yeah put it up like a bolt of lightning and i know James Owen is also Mormon because I made a Mormon joke at hit around. Oh, uh, didn't yeah. fly. Well, no, I, mean, I think you he laughed comics, at it. Man, Mormons wouldn't write comics like that. No, no, they wouldn't. No. <laughs> we, we we get some up here in Vancouver, and uh, it's always quite interesting. But I love all you Mormons that are listening. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll not make any jokes, any disparaging comments. Um, but I did love that TV show. What was it? I can't remember now. Uh, now I'm all lost. I'm lost. Yeah. So what was that show called? I can't remember anymore. Oh, jeez. You talking about the one that's like it was on like HBO or yeah, Showtime yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah. 
with Chloe Sevigny. People are just wondering what the hell I'm talking about or why I'm talking about this. What does this have to do with comics? What has it got to do? So does that, does it fall, does it like kind of affect how, what, how you see things though? Like having that kind of early religious history in your life. Yeah. I still have like a guilt thing, you know, like sometimes I'll feel bad about doing something just because like, you know, I was like when I was raised, I mean, I was born into it. So, it's like in my subconscious, I can't escape it. So I'll, I always have like this guilt about things, you know, but I mean, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I hope God has a sense of humor. Let's hope. If yes. not, we're all fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, one strip that bothers me, and you probably, it bothers a lot of people, I just can't get it, is the chicken yeah. strips. Chicken strips? What, what, what the hell? What, what, what's the deal? <laughs> I have to do it, man. It's just, it's something I've been doing since I was a kid, and I just really, really enjoy drawing it. And me and my friend, Brenton, his name was Brenton Gelfand. He was uh, my childhood best friend. And, you know, it was like our thing. We were at kindergarten and stuff. We'd draw these stupid chickens and make these, like, comics and everything. And then he committed suicide. So I do it sort of, like, as a note to Brenton Gelfand, you know. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, some people like it. Some people don't. I don't know what to say. It, it's just, I, I get, like, it's, it's, I get it. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Maybe I don't know where it's going. Is it really supposed to no, go, it anywhere? go anywhere? Maybe it's, it's just, the whole. It doesn't whole, have an actual story. It's just a rambling thing. It just keeps going. It's like the Johnny Ryan school. Yeah, it just, <laughs> yeah, it just goes, <laughs> man. I mean, I, I don't ever, like, for chicken strips, I, I, I just draw, like, a page at a time, you know? I don't think about where it's going. And it's just a part of Lamo, so. It's I know, an, I get it all the time, man. Everybody's like, what's with this? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll never stop. I don't care. Screw you guys. <laughs> well, the comics are uh, meant to for you to be expressing yourself artistically, and don't let anyone else tell you what to include in your books, let alone me, because yeah. Lord yeah. knows I hate everything anyways. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. I wish I would have no. known that. <laughs> no, actually, I, I really enjoyed the comics, and that's why I want to chat with you. Um, one of the things I love the most is your uh, feature of rejection letters. Form letters? Can you believe that? Uh, I, I, Eric Reynolds isn't. Oh, not Eric. Okay, okay. I was thinking in, in Blamo too. I like but, published all these form letters that I got from like newspapers and stuff, and they're like all the same. I love they're, like, really uh, impersonal and cold. Yeah, Eric Reynolds is. I really like his a lot. It's good. No, he he he's always good for critical feedback. I think yeah. I think my favorite is Microcosm. They just really aren't interested they, in you. They feel bad about rejecting me. But they publish comics, but they say they don't. Yeah, I I think they just wanted me to go away. And I always send them stuff, you know. I don't even know why. I don't think they would ever... I, I'm not like a good... Fit. Don't, don't they... Do you know who Ben Snakepit is? The cartoonist? Snake Pit? Yeah, Snake Pit. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't... Well, I was, yeah. Yeah. You don't like his comics? Not really. I gotta be yeah. honest, it's... Uh, well, that's the kind of stuff that, that they publish. Mm-hmm. And so I, I guess I can kind of understand why they wouldn't publish Lamo, but he's a he's a good guy though. I'm sure I'm sure he's a great guy. It's just uh, I've got one collection I picked up at a comic convention, and it's just each page was like, "This is what I did today." Yeah. and it was very formula, and it was like he, he wasn't engaging what he was doing. He was just kind of listing off, 
Yeah, and well, I think, that's the punk rock way, you know? I, it, no, punk rock is just fucking just doing it, not being formulaic. And I think that's what really bugged me. It was like, yeah, I read five of them, and they were all the exact same. Yeah, but it's the punk rock way to piss you off. <laughs> you know? it's, he's not going to follow your rules. I, I, I must be sounding like a jerk today. I'm just not liking anything. <laughs> do, you like, do you like Sam Henderson? I love Sam Henderson. Yes, he's putting together a book of his, you know, all his Nickelodeon comic strips. And I get to do the two-page introduction to it, a comic introduction to Sam Henderson's scene, but not heard. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I really love Sam Henderson. Do you get? Do you go to many comic conventions or get really involved in comic stuff? No, I've been to probably three comic conventions in my life. Don't like it? I mean, I can't travel. You know, I, I have like a really hard time traveling. And so I just write a lot of letters to people. You know, if I if you're a comic artist and I really like your work, I'm gonna I try and write you a letter. You know, and maybe. But, do. I mean, I, I'd like to. And and me and John Porcelino are gonna take a road trip to SPX in September. Oh, that'd be awesome. And we're gonna be stopping like along the way at different stores and doing whatever. Like, uh, well, he's gonna be doing signings. I'll, I'll probably just tag along. You'll sit there with a stack of books, going, "Hey." I don't think hey. anybody really wants anything signed by me, but oh, I'll have a stack know. of Blamos there. You never know. It's kind of nice because, like, your guys are complete opposites in a way. Yeah. You, I mean, John's very, very minimalist, and your stuff is. And yet not we hit it off. Yeah. How how is uh, being around someone like John work for influencing you or kind of? It's it's really interesting because we have the same taste and like a lot of stuff. Like me and him will go and hang out just to go walk around to look at buildings. You know, we we took this tour a week ago of this uh, historic home. And uh, we just we like the same music, and even his early because I, I have the King Cat Classics book, and some of his early stuff is pretty hateful, you know. So I, I could identify with some of that stuff, and I think that's why you can get into Blamo it's because it's kind of a similar, you know, because you, you know, when you're young you hate a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. and, and he was the same way. So he, he had his punk rock days. Yeah. So he doesn't like you know hold my comics against me or anything. I think he he probably thinks they're okay. And who knows? In uh, Blamo Forty Eight, it might just be a long issue about your cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you hear about that? <laughs> what? That uh, he's doing a an issue of King Cat, like all about his cat. Did you hear about that? Yet? The one that passed away. Yeah. Oh. He, but he, he can do that because that's John, and he does such and good. Me and him are supposed to be. Uh, painting a mural over here pretty soon. Really? Yeah, we're doing a mural together in Denver. It's pretty cool. What's it for? It's on the side of this um, this record store, Wax Tracks, and they asked us to do it. So, is that we're drawing up some stuff? Is that anything to do with the old record label, Wax Tracks? Yeah, it's the it's the uh, store that they started originally, and then the guy who started the store. It was like it's from 1978. It's a historic like Colorado landmark, and uh. The guy who started it then moved to Chicago and started his label. And they sold it to some other guy who runs it now. He's really nice. But it's really interesting because we'll have events there sometimes at this record store and the bookstore next to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're like, don't expect a lot of people to show up. We had Husker Du play here one time and nobody showed up. Aww. <laughs> well, that had to have been, what, like 25 years ago? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. So you never know, man. You can have an event, man. Because, like, we just organized, a, a, like, an alternative comic convention that's going on on Saturday yeah. over here. And I'm, like, praying to God that people show up because it would be really, like, embarrassing. It's like, you know, there's, like, two people walking around. 
Yeah, be sad. Oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. Hopefully. We'll see. I'll write you an email and tell you how it was, okay? All right. Well, you got to have a decent... It's got to be a decent-sized city, Denver. How many folks are there? Oh, man. I don't know. I always run into the same people. I don't know. (laughs) 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 It's it's like... It's a big... I mean, I guess it's like an okay-sized city, but the downtown area is really small, you know? It's only like a few blocks. And then, you know, it just kind of goes off from there. It's just... And it's weird, too, because people are always asking me, like, how are you a comic artist in Denver, you know? Like, shouldn't you be in, like, Chicago or, like, New York or something? I don't think it matters where you live anymore. I don't think it matters either. In fact, it's better to live somewhere like that. Don't a bunch of guys live in, like, Minneapolis? Yeah. I know, like, yeah, they're sprouting up all over the place. Yeah. Like, I guess, and then I'd like to live in Seattle. That'd be nice, right? It's expensive. I've never been there yet. It's got some, some talented folks. Some of them have moved up to Vancouver. Because, you know, Vancouver's nicer. Not I want to check out Montreal really bad. It, yeah, I've, I only went once when I was a kid. I went to Toronto, and that was really nice. The, I saw that movie, Away We Go. Did you see that? No. They have this whole scene where they, they go to Montreal, and it looks really nice. Like, man, I'm going to live there. Maybe I will. One day. Someday. Me and you, we'll move in together, okay? We'll All right. We'll, uh, start a, uh, I don't know, something. we'll start a poutine and hot dog stand. Yes, there we go. That's how we'll live. Have you had poutine? No, I don't know what it is. Tell me. It's uh, it's a it's Canadian cuisine. Basically, what you have is you have like a bunch of French fries, like a bowl of nice piping hot French fries. You put some cheese yeah. curds on top of that, and then you pour a bunch of gravy on top of that. Wow. Does that sound amazing? <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I just see it. I'm a cartoonist, so I just live on my fingernail clippings. <laughs> That's all I get to eat. So you you got to get scurvy at some point. Eventually, I'm waiting. I might already have it. I don't know. Okay. I'm too afraid to look at the side effects, you know? Well, if your kidneys shut down, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll find out. I'm sure we'll talk about it in the news up in Vancouver. There we go. Cartoonist oh, tragically uh, scurvied. Dead before his time. There we go. <laughs> so you got what do you got coming out in the future? You got the new uh, Moam, which should be out soon in stores. Yeah, Comics yeah. Journal all the time. All the time. Um, I have my graphic novel, the hypo, Abe Lincoln story, uh, and then I have this this uh, Sam Henderson thing, and then uh, yeah, that's about all you can see. <laughs> that's all I'm allowed to see. Yeah. Now you do some main, some online stuff for Wizard too, don't you? Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, I didn't read any in bad, but I do recaps for the Flash Rebirth comic. Where, like <laughs> I break down each issue into four panels, and they'll tell you everything that happened in that issue. And uh, I just started like I made up my own alphabet that I've been using to to put uh, secret messages on you know below the comic strip now. All right. And, uh, yeah. One day cool. you'll publish a code? My own code. I don't know. Do you and, like yeah. the, Do you like the Flash? Do I Oh, it's all right. I don't I like the I like that Green Lantern storyline better than the Flash. I haven't read but, it. I mean, it's okay, you know. There's, Flash. Why well, have you read it yet or what? Do you read mm-hmm. that stuff? I read the Grant Morrison stuff. Yeah. But I'm pretty bad as far as the other DC stuff and I am by roots a DC kid. I didn't grow up with X-Men. I grew up with Batman. 
Yeah, I like DC more than Marvel. I can't get into Marvel stuff, really. Yeah, the Marvel stuff, it's all, I don't know, all Stan Lee-defied, maybe. The X-Men movies, did you like those? Um, I like the first two, same as everyone else. <laughs> but do you, do you think that, yeah, I know, right? Do you think that uh, DC makes better movies than Marvel? Um, you know, I would like to say that, but we all yeah. know about Catwoman. Oh, man. Let's see, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I'd hate to end on well, that. <laughs> what about uh, the Hulk? Did you see the new Hulk movie? Yes. Edward Norton? Yes. Yeah, I thought it was really great. I really liked good. it a lot. Yeah, I was trying to remember if I watched it, and I think I watched it at work, which was a good way to, to spend time that I should be doing other stuff. Yeah. Thank you, work, for renting uh, Hulk. Um, but i got to be honest, I'm not a fan of comics being adapted to movies. I think uh, I'm kind of sick of the... Um, non-original but maybe that's just movies i don't know i don't get hung up on what would make the next great movie or whatever yeah it's just kind of a fad isn't it you think it is and i think uh hopefully watchman was the nail in the coffin for it man people hated that movie i haven't even watched I haven't, it i haven't talked to anybody who liked that movie you know it's uh it's a movie done by the guy that did 300 which was uh you know big old americana neocon we hate the iranians movie make them all look like i don't know very gay pierced men well what do you in, in canada what do you guys think of americans i mean do you guys like really even like do you do you consider yourself sort of american no no we're, we're definitely no? a different country i mean we, we we acknowledge the absorption of culture from america but yeah. i mean I mean, there's a. It's different now than it was under uh, W. Yeah. But I mean, there was certain like. Oh, at least we're not American. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Americans listening. And maybe yeah. I'm, I'm not a good example. Maybe I'm just. Uh, I always wonder that kind of stuff. You know, I don't. I don't know what's going on. I, you guys probably have a pretty nice country up there. I'm gonna go check it out. You should come up, check it out, have some poutine. You guys have Julie Dusay. We do. She's in Montreal as well. Yeah, That's I'm going to go hang out with her. You should. <laughs> Maybe she'll teach well, you. They've got to Chester Brown and Seth, right? Yep, they're off. They're in Ontario. And uh, I think uh, Chester Brown is one of our uh, national treasures. Yeah, he's great. I'm, uh, that, see that the Louis Riel book? Riel. Riel? Yeah. That one right there? Like, I, I want to do something like that with that Abe Lincoln book, you know? That'd be cool if I got it to look something like that. Cause that's a great book, man. Well, uh, and, that's, and that's another thing too. Is like I'd never even heard of that character. You know that guy at all. I didn't I didn't know who he was. Oh, he's uh he's really important up here. It's something we all learn in school because I mean it's one of those kind of folk heroes where it's like he did some really good things, he did some bad things. You know, was he good? Was he bad? I mean, maybe that's part of the whole Canadian identity is we don't have this discernible uh, right and wrong. Yeah, I mean, he he did some stuff that he needed to do for his community he he was with or that wanted to he wanted to support and uh that kind of looks at the challenges of that but isn't that interesting that like in america they just don't even bother teaching you that kind of stuff like you wouldn't even unless you seek that out like you wouldn't even know well i think i mean you know it's uh you, you probably don't learn about many other countries at all you probably learn yeah about america. I, don't, I mean I, you know i can't even yeah, I heard in other countries, you know, like, I guess in Canada, too, you guys, you know, you speak French, too, right? I don't. You? Uh, in Quebec, mainly, in uh, a fair amount in Ontario, but, 
like closer to Quebec, but yeah, it's not a expected thing that I would be uh, partly vous français, you know. Yeah, not, I don't. Je ne pas parler vous français. Just well, like, yeah, like in America, they don't even they don't really bother. You know, like I guess now people are mostly trying to learn Spanish because mm-hmm. there's so many Mexicans that are coming over. You know, but that's about it. I mean. I don't know anybody really that can speak like any other language. It's pretty funny. It's pretty interesting. Well, you know, it's uh, it's the whole American centralism concept of it being kind of the center of its own world, but it's changing. It's changing. I think I'm going to bring us to an end. Noah, what's that? I'm going to bring us to an end here. Uh, how dare you? I, I, I'm I'm going to stop our conversation. And end okay. with the uh, Brian Jonestown. Thank you so much for uh, chatting with me today. No problem. Thanks for having me on. It was uh, good talking. And uh, yeah. I'll send you uh, a poutine recipe. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, right, you got to try it. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. bye. And uh, that was Noah Van Skyver. And after this song break, we will be on with uh, T. Edward Bach. So, uh, Please stay tuned. CITR 101.9 FM. Thanks, studs.